Chapter sixty five of the Man in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In Monsieur Colbert's Carriage. As Gourville had seen, the king's musketeers were mounting and following their captain. The latter, who did not like to be confined in his proceedings, left his brigade under the orders of a lieutenant and set off on post-horses, recommending his men to use all diligence. However rapidly they might travel, they could not arrive before him. He had time, in passing along the Rue de Petit Champ, to see something which afforded him plenty of food for thought and conjecture. He saw Monsieur Colbert coming out from his house to get into his carriage, which was stationed before the door. In this carriage D'Artagnan perceived the hoods of two women, and being rather curious he wished to know the names of the ladies hid beneath these hoods. To get a glimpse at them, for they kept themselves closely covered up, he urged his horse so near the carriage that he drove him against the step, with such force as to shake everything containing and contained. The terrified women uttered, the one a faint cry by which D'Artagnan recognized a young woman, the other an imprecation, in which he recognized the vigor and aplomb that half a century bestows. The hoods were thrown back. One of the women was Madame Vanel, the other the Duchesse de Chevreuse. D'Artagnan's eyes were quicker than those of the ladies. He had seen and known them, whilst they did not recognize him, and as they laughed at their fright, pressing each other's hands. "'Humph!' said D'Artagnan. "'The old Duchess is no more inaccessible to friendship than formerly. "'She paying her court to the mistress of Monsieur Colbert. "'Poor Monsieur Fouquet, that presages you nothing good.' "'He rode on. "'Monsieur Colbert got into his carriage, "'and the distinguished trio commenced a sufficiently slow pilgrimage "'toward the wood of Vincennes. "'Madame de Chevreuse set down Madame Venel at her husband's house.' and left alone with Monsieur Colbert, chatted upon affairs whilst continuing her ride. She had an inexhaustible fund of conversation, that dear Duchess, and as she always talked for the ill of others, though ever with a view to her own good, her conversation amused her interlocutor and did not fail to leave a favorable impression. She taught Colbert, who, poor man, was ignorant of the fact, how great a minister he was, and how Fouquet would soon become a cipher. She promised to rally around him when he should become surintendant, all the old nobility of the kingdom, and questioned him as to the preponderance it would be proper to allow La Valliere. She praised him, she blamed him, she bewildered him. She showed him the secret of so many secrets that for a moment Colbert thought he was doing business with the devil. She proved to him that she held in her hand the Colbert of today as she had held the Fouquet of yesterday, and as he asked her very simply the reason of her hatred for the surintendant, "'Why do you yourself hate him?' said she. "'Madame, in politics,' replied he, "'the differences of system oft bring about dissensions between men.' Monsieur Fouquet always appeared to me to practice a system opposed to the true interests of the king. She interrupted him. I will say no more to you about Monsieur Fouquet. The journey the king is about to take to Nantes will give a good account of him. Monsieur Fouquet, for me, is a man gone by, and for you also. 
Colbert made no reply. "'On his return from Nantes,' continued the Duchess, "'the king, who is only anxious for a pretext, "'will find that the states have not behaved well, "'that they have made too few sacrifices. "'The states will say that the imposts are too heavy, "'and that the surintendant has ruined them.' the king will lay all the blame on monsieur fouquet and then and then said colbert oh he will be disgraced is not that your opinion colbert darted a glance at the duchess which plainly said if monsieur fouquet be only disgraced you will not be the cause of it your place monsieur colbert the duchess hastened to say must be a high place do you perceive any one between the king and yourself after the fall of monsieur fouquet i do not understand said he you will understand to what does your ambition aspire i have none it was useless then to overthrow the superintendent monsieur colbert it was idle i had the honor to tell you madame oh yes i know all about the interests of the king but if you please we will speak of your own mine that is to say the affairs of his majesty in short are you or are you not endeavoring to ruin monsieur fouquet answer without evasion madame i ruin nobody i am endeavoring to comprehend then why you purchased from me the letters of monsieur mazarin concerning monsieur fouquet neither can i conceive why you have laid those letters before the king Colbert, half-stupefied, looked at the Duchess with an air of constraint. "'Madame,' said he, "'I can less easily conceive how you, who receive the money, can reproach me on that head.' "'That is,' said the old Duchess, "'because we must will that which we wish for, unless we are not able to obtain what we wish.' will said colbert quite confounded by such coarse logic you are not able hein speak i am not able i allow to destroy certain influences near the king that fight in favor of monsieur fouquet what are they stop let me help you do madame la valliere oh very little influence no knowledge of business and small means monsieur fouquet has paid his court to her to defend him would be to accuse herself would it not i think it would there is still another influence what do you say to that is it considerable 
the queen mother perhaps her majesty the queen mother has a weakness for monsieur fouquet very prejudicial to her son never believe that said the old duchess smiling oh said colbert with incredulity i have often experienced it formerly very recently madame at vaux it was she who prevented the king from having monsieur fouquet arrested people do not for ever entertain the same opinions my dear monsieur that which the queen may have wished recently she would not wish perhaps to-day and why not said colbert astonished oh the reason is of very little consequence on the contrary i think it is of great consequence for if i were certain of not displeasing her majesty the queen mother my scruples would be all removed well have you never heard talk of a certain secret a secret call it what you like in short the queen mother has conceived a bitter hatred for all those who have participated in one fashion or another in the discovery of this secret and monsieur fouquet i believe is one of these then said colbert we may be sure of the assent of the queen mother i have just left her majesty and she assures me so so be it then madame but there is something further do you happen to know a man who was the intimate friend of monsieur fouquet monsieur d'herblay a bishop i believe bishop of vannes well this monsieur d'herblay who also knew the secret the queen mother is pursuing with the utmost rancor indeed so hotly pursued that if he were dead she would not be satisfied with anything less than his head to satisfy her he would never speak again and is that the desire of the queen mother an order is given for it this monsieur d'herblay shall be sought for madame oh it is well known where he is colbert looked at the duchess say where madame he is at belle isle en mer at the residence of monsieur fouquet at the residence of monsieur fouquet he shall be taken it was now the duchess's turn to smile do not fancy the capture so easy said she do not promise it so lightly why not madame because monsieur d'herblay is not one of those people who can be taken when and where you please he is a rebel then oh 
monsieur colbert we have passed all our lives in making rebels and yet you see plainly that so far from being taken we take others colbert fixed upon the old duchess one of those fierce looks of which no words can convey the expression accompanied by a firmness not altogether wanting in grandeur those times are gone said he in which subjects gained duchies by making war against the king of france if monsieur d'herblay conspires he will perish on the scaffold that will give or will not give pleasure to his enemies a matter by the way of little importance to us and this us a strange word in the mouth of colbert made the duchess thoughtful for a moment she caught herself reckoning inwardly with this man colbert had regained his superiority in the conversation and he meant to keep it you ask me madame he said to have this monsieur d'herblay arrested i i ask you nothing of the kind i thought you did madame but as i have been mistaken we will leave him alone the king has said nothing about him the duchess bit her nails besides continued colbert what a poor creature would this bishop be a bishop game for a king oh no no i will not even take the slightest notice of him the hatred of the duchess now discovered itself game for a woman said she is not the queen a woman if she wishes monsieur d'herblay arrested she has her reasons besides is not monsieur d'herblay the friend of him who is doomed to fall oh never mind that said colbert this man shall be spared if he is not the enemy of the king is that displeasing to you i say nothing yes you wish to see him in prison in the bastille for instance i believe a secret better concealed behind the walls of the bastille than behind those of belle-isle i will speak to the king about it he will clear up the point and whilst waiting for that enlightenment monsieur l'eveque de van will have escaped i would do so escaped he and whither should he escape europe is ours in will if not in fact he will always find an asylum monsieur it is evident you know nothing of the man you have to do with you do not know d'herblay you do not know aramis he was one of those four musketeers who under the late king made cardinal de richelieu tremble and who during the regency gave so much trouble to monsieur mazarin but madame what can he do unless he has a kingdom to back him he has one monsieur a kingdom he what 
monsieur d'herblay i repeat to you monsieur that if he wants a kingdom he either has it or will have it well as you are so earnest that this rebel should not escape madame i promise you he shall not escape belle-isle is fortified monsieur colbert and fortified by him if belle-isle were also defended by him belle-isle is not impregnable and if monsieur l'eveque de vannes is shut up in belle-isle well madame the place shall be besieged and he will be taken you may be very certain monsieur that the zeal you display in the interest of the queen-mother will please her majesty mightily and you will be magnificently rewarded but what shall i tell her of your projects respecting this man that when once taken he shall be shut up in a fortress from which her secret shall never escape very well monsieur colbert and we may say that dating from this instant we have formed a solid alliance that is you and i and that i am absolutely at your service it is i madame who place myself at yours this chevalier d'herblay is a kind of spanish spy is he not much more a secret ambassador higher still stop king philip the third of spain is a bigot he is perhaps the confessor of philip the third you must go higher even than that mordieu cried colbert who forgot himself so far as to swear in the presence of this great lady of this old friend of the queen mother he must be then the general of the jesuits i believe you have guessed at last replied the duchess ah then madame this man will ruin us all if we do not ruin him and we must make haste too such was my opinion monsieur but i did not dare to give it to you and it was lucky for us he has attacked the throne and not us but mark this well monsieur colbert monsieur d'herblay is never discouraged if he has missed one blow he will be sure to make another he will begin again if he has allowed an opportunity to escape of making a king for himself sooner or later he will make another of whom to a certainty you will not be prime minister colbert knitted his brow with a menacing expression i feel assured that a prison will settle this affair for us madame in a manner satisfactory for both the duchess smiled again oh if you knew said she how many times aramis has got out of prison oh replied colbert 
We will take care that he shall not get out this time.' "'But you were not attending to what I said to you just now. Do you remember that Aramis was one of the four invincibles whom Richelieu so dreaded?' and at that period the four musketeers were not in possession of that which they have now money and experience colbert bit his lip we will renounce the idea of the prison said he in a lower tone we will find a little retreat from which the invincible cannot possibly escape that was well spoken our ally replied the duchess but it is getting late had we not better return the more willingly madame from my having my preparations to make for setting out with the king to paris cried the duchess to the coachman and the carriage turned toward the faubourg st antoine after the conclusion of the treaty that gave to death the last friend of Fouquet, the last defender of Belle-Isle, the former friend of Marie Michon, the new foe of the old Duchess. End of chapter 65 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia